Oh my god. Oh my god. She's, oh my god. she's in the waiting room. It's happening. She's here. It's happening. She's happening. Oh my god. Okay. Okay. We're gonna be talking to Michelle Pillage. Okay. We're gonna be cool. We're gonna be cool. It's gonna be cool. We're gonna be cool. We're gonna be cool. You're cool. You're cool. We're cool. We're cool. We're cool. Yep. Cool. Totally cool. Okay. Nightmares. Voices. Possessions. Energy so intense it causes the hair on the arms of the inhabitants of this home to stand perfectly erect. That's right. Perfectly erect. Overnight, paranormal investigators will ask demanding questions in aggressive tones and make low-quality, unintelligible recordings to get to the bottom of these mysteries. Mysteries surrounding extraterrestrials have been suggested to possibly be the answer to a question not yet asked. Alien theorists posit that one day, perhaps in the past or the future, we may come to know what might be more. We don't know what we do know, but we do know that what we don't know, we must continue to examine. And it could be that we might find the answers right here. On the Extra as Fuck Files with your hosts, Alex Martin, actor and voice artist, writer, producer, and an expat old soul living in the old world. She's a super fan of all things that go bump in the night. I wanna believe, and I believe the truth is out there. But sometimes the truth is just too out there, you know? And Sasha Chambers, voice artist and co-host of Eating After Midnight, she loves ancient mysteries and is on a wait list for alien abduction. I'm not saying it is or it isn't aliens. I'm saying it might or it might not be bullshit. Join us as we probe all our favorite episodes of paranormal infotainment. All things spooky-ooky. And ask all the hard questions. All while being female. Scary. Hello, and welcome to the Extra As Fuck Files. My name is Alex Martin. I am joined, as always, by my brilliant and talented co-host, Sasha Chambers. Hi. <laughs> Sasha's very excited. She's very giddy. If only you could see her face right now, you would see the semblance of pure joy. Uh, so today, the reason for that pure joy is today we are bringing you a very, very special episode. We are honored to have with us a truly extraordinary guest. If you are a fan of paranormal infotainment, you will know their work from such shows as Monster Quest, Paranormal State, Paranormal Lockdown, and Portals to Hell, among others. And I, I can't even catch my breath. I'm so excited. This is ridiculous. You got the thing, the breath thing? Oh, geez. Okay. Yeah, I'm doing the, I'm a professional voice artist. And I can't even breathe right now. This is ridiculous. So while probably best known as an exceptionally gifted psychic medium and expert with a capital E in the occult, they are also the author of more than 30 books on the paranormal. And they still find time, somehow, to make music, design immersive live-action RPGs, and host a haunted Airbnb, among many, many other projects. Extra Files, with overwhelming excitement and absurd amounts of fangirl energy, we are thrilled to introduce Michelle Belanger. <laughs> oh, that was a fantastic introduction. I'm excited. I'm excited to meet me. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> and I promise we did not oversell it. Um, Michelle, very first thing off the mm -hmm. bat, would you be so kind as to confirm for us your pronouns? Um, he, she, they, I'm intersex, so all of them apply, none of them right. apply, use whatever feels appropriate in the time. I'm very easy about it. 
Excellent. And and congratulations on the Ohio State ruling. Seriously, I read about that. That was, that was very, very cool. Like, Alir is like, let's do it. And yeah. I'm like, it's Ohio. Well, we're in a red county. This is never going to work. Somehow it did. Wow. Congratulations. Sometimes. That's really amazing. Yeah. Um, and, and gives me hope. <laughs> I, it's, it's, it's a mixed bag though, because the real reason it went through is I'm, I'm intersex. So like there's mm-hmm. like, you know, the, the genetic testing was what I think finally sold the guy. Cause he, 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 oh. he first sat down and he was just like, rah, 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 people choosing you know, what they are. And I'm like, well, by oh. the way, <laughs> it's not as simple as black and white. Let me explain. Right. Yeah. Oh, wow. Okay. Oh, well, at least one it's, day. It's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> just one day. One day we're just going to, I believe we're going to be in a place where we can just be. Yeah. There's so many kids be. like me though. Like, and yeah, actually adults like me who don't even know, like, like who were never told, like yeah. it, it's, it's a whole thing, but that's, that is not what we're here to talk about. We're here probably to talk about ghosts, hauntings, maybe demons if we want to get kind of spicy. Ooh. Uh, honestly, Michelle, we're here to t- we we re- last night we realized like I feel like we could talk to Michelle for three days straight. We of course will not keep you for three days straight, but no, we no. could talk to you for three days straight about so many things and probably never even touch the subjects that we thought we wanted to talk about today because you are just <laughs> a font of amazing information and wonder and talent and all of these things. So I'm going to go ahead and let Alex get started because I'll just keep fangirling and then the time will be gone. We had to actually structure this show because for that very reason, we would just kind of go off and say, whatever you want to talk about. And that, that's dangerous. <laughs> that's dangerous. <laughs> Leads to some interesting holes, but yeah. Well, in an effort to, to retain some sort of structure, at least in the beginning, we'll endeavor. Um, so for those people who only know you from these appearances on these shows, and it's, of course, how we were introduced to you, can you tell the the listener or listeners, as the case may be, um, what, how, how did this come to transpire that you, from living your life, got recruited and, and became kind of a fixture in this television paranormal infotainment world? I think it is up to Elfie Music and Josh Light for Paranormal State. Uh, so when oh. Paranormal State was being uh, put together before it actually started filming in like 2005, 2006, uh, the team used to run a convention. It was one of the, the biggest like indoor paranormal conventions called UNIVCON at the uh, university oh. that they all went to. Uh, they did it on the right. university campus. Uh, it had such illuminated. The ghost hunters were there. I met Lloyd Auerbach. I met the uh, well, Lorraine Warren because Ed had passed by then. Oh wow! Uh, Hans Holzer, like like it was it was like really? all star. Like I I got to meet some pretty cool people. Uh, wow! I I live in Vienna, so he's a favorite of mine. So they had me out to talk about energy work and vampires. Uh, which I'd mm-hmm. been doing documentary work. I was uh, basically the media liaison for the world, well, the, the English speaking aspect of the, the vampire community for a couple of decades at that point. Elfie and Josh were fans of my books on energy work and psychic development, and they had me out to speak there. And from there, the behind the scenes production company wanted me as an expert writing articles for a media tie-in they had for the show. So I wasn't even going to be like on the show yet. I was just 
writing weird articles mm-hmm. about things from like Fordian times and you know whatever. Uh, they'd pick a topic and they'd just be like, here, write about the weird thing that happened in that Russian past where like all the people disappeared and some of them were like, you know, blown to pieces. We don't know what happened. Yeah. Uh, write about UFOs, write about Nessie. How about the Mekong dragon? Um, and Elfie suffered a number of, uh, profound personal tragedies as the show was coming together. She lost her father. She lost her brother. Oh. And she was struggling a little bit. And the other thing about Paranormal State is these were people who were not, like, they weren't trying to be TV stars. They were actually mostly introverts. So uh, Elfie, especially getting her to, like, really be open on camera, she wasn't always comfortable. They decided to bring me in as Elfie's mentor uh, to kind of be Giles. <laughs> oh. <laughs> if, if, you, if you look at the cast of Paranormal State the first two seasons, you can totally see a Buffy connection where they sort of like, we're like, we've got our Willow, we've got our Xander, we've got our... Uh, and they, they were missing both Giles and uh, Spike, and they got both in me. Uh, Giles' <laughs> sensibility, Spike's fashion yes. sense. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the episode they brought me in on is called The Messenger. And the whole concept was I was just going to shadow Elfie as she was doing occult research and, you know, bop in a couple of times here and there. Chip Coffee, as everyone knows, was the psychic uh, for the show. He was psychic on that one through a very strange set of events. Um, all of our flights were delayed for, I don't even remember what reasons. We were in, like, we all had separate arrival times. We were in different hotels. Uh, the crew was already on site. The kids were already on site. Me and Ship got in super late. So one one AP dude came to retrieve us at our hotel and drive just Chip and me to this location. And we took a wrong turn on a logging road in the mountains of Oregon. Uh, and it was like oh. 52 miles, 60 miles. Like we were we were up in the mountains. There was a sheer drop on one side. There was like, you know, forest burn. Like it, it, we, it was a one way logging road. Like, like there's a point where I was like, Hey guys, there's a sign that says like, you know, don't go cell phone, no cell phone reception. You could get stranded. You could die. The sign literally said you may get stranded. You may die. And they were like, Oh, that's gotta be a joke. Right. That's, that's totally a joke. Off we go. Logging truck coming the wrong way down toward us. Um, but long story short is uh, through the course of this, with a flat tire, uh, our driver, who was diabetic and didn't expect to have a two-hour drive, starting to oh crash. He didn't, like, like, it was everything that could go wrong. Went wrong. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, but I'm, I'm in the back of the van the whole time, like, calling out, like, hey, we should, like, do this. Like, that corner looks really bad. Like, we're going to blow a tire. Just do, 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 do. Chip eventually is like, girl, are you psychic? <laughs> Yeah, why? Oh, like everything out here, and I'm like, so so Chip decides that we're gonna do like a dueling psychic thing when we show up. So he does his walkthrough, um, and then he's like, okay, you're let, let's let's have Michelle go through, and they're like, well, Michelle's here as, as an occult expert. She's like, did you know she's got all these books? And of course they didn't because production companies don't do they 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 do like the little like tiny bio thing, and anyway, uh, oh for goodness, the sake. fun part was uh, sight unseen. Chip does his thing. I don't get to see it. I do my thing. Chip doesn't get to see it. We get to like meet in the middle uh, and watch us find all the same hot spots in the location. 
and have very similar impressions, which was great validation. And the whole idea of me as an occult expert went right out the window because I was far more interesting as a psychic on the show. (laughs) Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. Right. And from there, the appearances kept coming. Mm-hmm. And understandably so. I mean, you are, anytime you are on a show, um, Alex and I pretty much are like, the show do- The show isn't the show unless, like, the show doesn't start until Michelle shows up, basically. Like, it, it, it almost feels like anytime you're on a show, it's almost like a game of, like, let's see if we can stump Michelle. Like, we're going to go in and we're going to do all of this research. And then let's see if Michelle actually, like, picks up on all of these things. And then, like, you pick up on it to the nth degree and then some. And it's, I don't know. With that, can I, like, go go ahead with your next question. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to, like, jump the, I don't want to jump the thing here. I'm getting, I'm getting all excited. I'm not going to abandon the format excited. quite I'm getting so all excited. Early. All right. We, <laughs> we'll endeavor to keep going. Uh... Yes. So given that, do you partake of any of these shows? Do you watch them at all? Or is this simply too close to home, too too close to work, too... You, you've seen too much behind the curtain? Well, it's more that because I like to go in with as little information as possible, I really can't watch any of the shows or go paranormal sure. investigating at any of the big places because I want to have no front loading whatsoever. Uh, so the few times I've watched other people's shows, either there's something that like a friend has done, they are at a place I've already been. Uh, but if it's someplace that I, I don't know, I, I can never guarantee that somebody's not going to like drag me out there and have me do, do a reading. And if I've seen it on TV, I don't know. And that plausible deniability, that, that doesn't count for anybody else. That's purely for me. Like this, I do this because I still don't a hundred percent know why it works the way it works. Like, you know, I've got this, this big researcher brain. I have more of a scientific brain than than a psychic. Like, like it's definitely a psychic brain, but like, I want to know the nuts and bolts of it. And one of the things that was so delightful for having the opportunity to do this, like on camera, live, blindfolded, where other people would do the research for me is I could just, just do my thing. Um, and then validate like whether or not any of it was real and, and get like that sense of like, okay, internally it feels like this when I get a hit. How? Because I thought I had it all sorted out. Like, like when I first went into this, I had kind of a unified field theory of psychic perceptions and it all came down to energy. Uh, that, that weird blanket umbrella that's actually describing 15 different things uh, that like people leave energy behind in spaces uh, that like the emotions that linger in hauntings, especially like residual hauntings, that's an, an imprint, like literally like psychic thumbprints. Like we leave dust and, and debris and stuff wherever we go. And that seemed perfectly reasonable. It's like, well, that's obviously what I'm picking up and you know, spirits or energy. So that's something I'm picking up. I have zero explanation for how I will key in and describe the paint on the fucking walls. I don't know. I wish I knew. It baffles me. Wow. <laughs> that was, yeah, that, that, that was a lot, that episode. That was a lot when you were like, I think it's green in here. And it was like, it's, yeah. it is green. It's very was, much green. That was one of yeah, the asylums, that was, was it not? Yeah. Well, and it's, it's also why I started, like, the blindfold's so important because 
I get like this whole image of a place and I, I actually start getting it as on the drive. Like I start seeing where we're at. Like I zero in on, you know, work with Jack. So like I'll use Jack as the anchor. I kind of like reach out to where Jack is. I get a sense of where Jack is. Usually have a sense of what Jack is wearing. Why I know like the specific flannel of his shirt. Who fucking knows? <laughs> but that's a thing that's there. Uh, my wife has a theory that I'm actually like bouncing off of other people's perceptions and actually like reading all of oh. the other people in the room to sort of like put a picture together from what they're collectively experiencing. And I can't quite debunk oh. that. Absolutely not. There's no, no, there's no debunking Michelle. <laughs> like that's the, that's the deal. There's no debunking Michelle anytime. And so Alex and I, we often talk about, we're like, well, we enjoy these shows, but what we enjoy most is these super experts like yourself, Cindy Kaza, and we're like, why is there not, why is there not a show that is just Michelle? <laughs> like, why is there not that? And I, I've heard you say on other podcasts or in interviews that, just as you said, like, you are a scholar and an academic, you are a scientist about this, and, and you're driven to this work because you want to understand it. Um, and proving the existence of the paranormal world is not really of interest to you. Right. And I started thinking about it after you said that. And I was like, that's kind of one of the the issues that I could take with a lot of these shows is that they jump from that premise of, of trying to prove that these things are real as opposed to saying this is what it is. And we're just going to talk about what is. Do you do you have any interest in or do you think the world would be ready for a show that was just you saying like this place has this spirit, this entity in it, and we're going to discuss how this feels and the ins and outs of what this psychic imprint is like without all of the dramatic music and the jump scares. I would love to, but while I think the audience is there, is totally down for that sort of stuff, production, like TV itself, totally not. Like, they're, they're not ready. I mean, okay. first of all, they're not ready for a team um. with all tits. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, this is this is one of our rallying cries. There we go. Just, there, there we go. Yeah. There's there's a thing that happened. God, it was shortly after Paranormal State. So this is like 20, maybe 2010, 2011. Um, I was working with a fellow who was who was sure that we'd be able to sell my own show. Um, and like we were doing pitch after pitch after pitch. And I will quote, I cannot, I, I, I probably get in trouble if I say the, the channel, I kind of don't care about calling them out, but they're, they're one of the big cable <laughs> ones. Their response to this was, we love this idea. It's a fantastic idea. We want to use this. Um, our audience does not find women intellectually credible. You will need to find a different host. Would this, would the name of this channel perhaps also be a subject you might study in high yes, school? Yes, in fact. Sometimes ah, girl, mm, so, that, sorry, yeah, I know that right? peaked. I know that peaked on the mic. We right. actually, mm -hmm, it, was, it was that was the whole reason we formulated this podcast. Yeah, it was. The, they, that particular channel has a long and glorious history of even putting in writing a yes. policy that, um, in regards to narration for their films or mm -hmm. TV shows, as the case may be, uh, that male voices, this, this, you'll love this, yeah. male voices read as neutral, whereas female voices only read as female. And thus, any Are topic that is not yeah. relating to women should be narrated by a man. And as their audience is predominantly mm -hmm. male, they'd like to keep well, it and, that Well, and that's way. the thing. Is like, and, and they're like, well, it's not censorship, it's just marketing. 
Uh, (laughs) It's just blatant misogyny and sexism. That's all it is. You ladies are used to that. You know, y'all are used to that. Oh, wow. So many people are like, why don't you and Katrina have your own show? Oh, honey. Yeah. Let me tell you why. So, 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 you know, this is, again, the reason we formulated this, we formed this podcast so that we could shine light on this issue and we're here to get loud about getting yeah. you with Katrina your own show. Like that's, yes. that's really the, the underlying yeah, I mean, reason. And that yeah. and we want to, we want to be able to narrate for them as well, because yes. uh, it's, it's absurd that in our, our line of work, we're only allowed to talk about getting ready for a date, being on a date, the wedding after the date, decorating the house after a date or baby animals. Mm. I mean, I love baby animals, but I like science and ghosts and history too. You know, yeah, (laughs) it's it's a big problem. It's an elephant in the room. Paranormal so white, and it's a sausage fest. Yeah, and that's and it's it's a brotastic sausage fest at that. Like the the level of expertise for required of anyone who is not a straight white guy in paranormal infotainment is so much higher than the quote unquote investigators on these shows, and it's maddening. Yeah, there's one one fellow in particular where, like, an early season of their show, he couldn't tell an incubus from a succubus. And I'm like, so where did the sexy incubus touch you? And honey, are you, uh, <laughs> is there something you want to share? <laughs> oh, that makes me happy. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Oh, wow. This is great. This is so great. Oh, wow. All right. So, well, so Alex, yeah, go yeah. ahead. You've got so, the next one uh, there. I have been reading um, your book, The Ghost Hunter Survival Guide. I think it's amazing. I think the format is brilliant, kind of the practice versus theory way you have set it up. Um, but reading it, it occurs to me, you know, this should be required reading for all of these people because everything you outline in the book, I'm not seeing any of it. And that strikes, and something that's always struck me about these shows is it seems profoundly unsafe to me. So, my question for you is, are are any of them doing it safely? Or is this the reason they're all getting followed home? Well, I think some of them actually want to get followed home. <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. I really do think some of them, like, go out to just punch things in the nose to see if they'll punch back. Uh, I, there, there's definitely... A, a you know, back. yes. I, I Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's some bully complex going on there that needs to be, mm-hmm. like, worked out. Absolutely. The other thing is sometimes it's the production companies. Like, production doesn't necessarily want to put that on camera. The number of times that I sat down with families for Paranormal State and gave them basically a 101 on this is how to clear your house, this is how to protect yourselves, yeah. this is what to do to, like, you know, if your kids are having nightmares and you think it's ghosts. None of that would make it to the show. I mean, we only had, what, it was uh, 22 minutes for a three-day investigation. Um, <laughs> three oh, days wow. would get boiled down into 22 Oof. minutes of television. And, you know, some of those minutes are always like the jump scare of like, oh, we jump because somebody face planted into a spider and they never explain that. But, you know, whatever. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> okay. But it makes good TV. Yeah. Well, and... and it's interesting also with the way the formats have to change. You know, that was when you would have a commercial break and you need to keep people from one mm. break to the next. So you like have a cliffhanger. Uh, when you've got streaming, you can put a different sort of spin on things, but there's still ways that you're kind of expected to formulate the story. And it is seen as a story by production. I think that was my mm. biggest comeuppance with Paranormal State was the production company. They didn't really believe in shit. The team did. This was like their passion. It was the thing that they like wanted to grow up to be. And the production company, 
spent so much time trying to figure out how I did it. Like, what was my trick? So that's where the blindfold oh, wow. came from. They thought I was just like, well, were, were, was I just Sherlock Holmesing it? Because I could. Um, right. When they introduced the blindfold, I was like, oh my God, this is great. I'm not sitting here questioning myself of like, did I get an image of a little girl with golden hair? Because I actually caught that picture out of the corner of my eye. I, I can't, I don't have that now. I can just be like, I'm just vibing. Um, but they would, I think one of them thought that I had like a, like, like a spy thing to like hear what they were talking about. So they had me like stay further and further and further away from the actual location until somebody came and got me, which led in one case to me being stranded, um, forgotten, completely forgotten by, by cast and crew for, I think it was in the neighborhood of six hours alone in a car on a llama farm in the middle of central PA. <laughs> I could hear donkeys. I could hear peacocks. I had been driven by blindfolded the whole blindfold time. On the whole time, I took a piss outside the car. God. I was just like, I hope there's nobody here. But you know what? I promise I'm keeping the blindfold on, so it's staying on. It seemed like I'm in the middle of nowhere, though. So, and you know, if somebody sees me dropping trowel, they're gonna say something. So, but no, one would hope. <laughs> wow! <laughs> wow! Wow. I just, wow. Oh my gosh. That's so much. That's so much. Okay. Okay. So I was so mad. (laughs) This is, this is, that's incredible. And this is so validating. Like I was saying, it just seems like they're trying to play a game of let's stump Michelle. And then they go and blindfold you and don't realize that they've now made you super cyan. You've like, you've now assumed your ultimate form. Like they've given you like the, the best key ever into your gifts. So, so with that, I am like, I'm fascinated watching you, reading your work. Um, the world, the wide world of weird is um, my favorite thing to take with me anytime I have to wait somewhere and I get mad now if I don't have to wait. I'm like, what kind of doctor <laughs> sees someone on time? Like, I've got, I've got this book. Like, what are you doing to me? So I am, I am fascinated um, by the fact that you were raised in an environment uh, where you were, your gifts were supported and nurtured and encouraged, like going stargazing uh, with your uncle and going UFO sighting, like that is rapping about spirits with your grandmother. Like that is just like so unbelievably cool. And uh, also how your medical history put into view for you at such an early age, the idea of mortality and another side and, and, and reaching all of these conclusions at such a young age. And that just makes like I just uh, I can't help but think about Mozart, mm. like someone who is predisposed and nurtured. So that that, that really does make you the Mozart of the paranormal it's world. Synchronicity being what it is, it's it's his birthday today. Seriously? Yeah, I think it's Mozart's birthday. I do things like that. Yeah, that's a thing. <laughs> that's a thing. Um, I do. That's a thing. Wow. Um, so yeah. So so I live in Vienna, and I didn't even know that. Like really, it's not a day. There's not a parade. Yeah, you, you would not, think. It's not like powdered wig day in Vienna. Yeah. <laughs> There's you know, like... He is kind of, you know, the national hero because right? we don't talk about that other guy. Um, um, so, <laughs> with good so, so, right? Yeah, let's. Um, so, so, in addition to being uh, predisposed and encouraged and, and just nurtured into the, 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 the force that you are, you're also a psychic vampire, yep. right? And. That's a term that comes with negative association, but it turns out is actually a really valuable skill and a gift that you can share with others. And it seems to be the thing that makes you a superhero, an actual superhero in this film, uh, in this film, in this in this field. So um, watching you 
I am shocked at how you can feel so safe in the presence of such dark and sometimes malevolent energy, trickster entities that are posing as children so creepy, prisons and asylums that have been witness to just some of the most horrifying kinds of torture and pain. Um, and I'm wondering, is that ability, that, that, that gift of, of being a psychic vampire, how you're able to compartmentalize it? Is, is the ability to tell their story what balances the psychic weight of things that you can now un now you can't unknow once you've gone into trans allegheny and seen mm. the things you've seen you can't unknow those things and i wonder how does that not weigh you down your personal spirit so does that like jump the circuit as mm. i think i've heard you describe it like the energy just bounces off you and it lives somewhere but not in your soul there's a couple of layers to it um one is uh i'm, I'm a firm believer if I believe 100% in anything, it's in past lives. Uh, it, it's a thing that I can't deny. Um, I've had memories since I was tiny. And those are usually like the things that you remember first are pretty tough things. Um, so, you know, being uh, like a tiny person in the sandbox at like three or four and remembering dying in Vietnam, uh, like, like those are heavy things. <clears throat> so from an early age, never mind like the I lived pretty much the first five years of my life in hospitals because of my heart problems. There's a lot that I had to get accustomed to. And there's a lot that would ordinarily scare other people that like, you know, death. I mean, the, the big spooky thing. Uh, Jamie Kennedy on a hunt most recently had asked like, well, are you afraid of this? And I'm like, mm. so my, my yardstick for fear is kind of broken. So... Oh, let me see if I can unpack it. One, I've been through, I've been through some shit, uh, not to put too fine a point on it. So things that are traumatic to other people, I've probably already dealt with some of that trauma myself. And I'm more inclined to be able to relate to it uh, than to feel burdened by it. Uh, okay. But also uh, the psychic vampire aspect, getting used to that, that, that was actually the first step of my journey. Like growing up in a family where, it was, where all of the stuff was pretty normalized. The psychic vampirism was a thing that my grandmother was like, uh, turns out it was a little bit too, too much like my grandfather who she'd run off. Um, but like that, I didn't learn until my twenties. A thing that I would tell myself as a preteen and a teen was I'm a bigger monster when I would go to places that had energy or some stuff that like spooked me, uh, I was aware that I was not powerless, that the abilities that I had, because they affect energy, because I can grab onto energy, because I can take it, I can give it, uh, I can whip it. I, I, I can do things with it that most people don't think to do. Uh, if something comes at me, I can tussle with it and am not afraid to throw down. Uh, also, sort of the unspoken role that I had on Paranormal State behind the scenes. If things got like completely around the bend, if I was there, I would just give it a beat down and be like, sit down, shut up, quit being an asshole, just stop. You see a little bit of that with like the, come on, wife baiter. <laughs> oh, I was just going to say, that's, that's the episode that blew my mind. Because when, when I see these other investigators go in and provoke, they do it in such an offensive way. And you cut straight to the quick. Like, you know exactly what their trigger point is, and you go right to the switch and you go, bing, come on, let's go. And I'm like, 
whoa, don't fuck with this lady, man. Don't fuck with Michelle. She was going to take you from the other side, man. I, and, and, and whoa. I, will. I, I, I absolutely will. Um, I, I've told this story before, only once or twice. Uh, I did a house cleansing off, off camera with a Wiccan friend. Wiccan priestess friend realized she was maybe a little over in over her head with something. It was down in Columbus, Ohio. Uh, it was uh, this lovely husband and wife. They had a kiddo. They doted on the kiddo. Uh, big house, well, well-to-do family, uh, artsy. They'd taken kiddo to grandfather in uh, Pennsylvania. I don't know what it is about Pennsylvania, but it's haunted as fuck. Uh, so is Ohio for that matter. Um, and kid came back with, well, it started off as an invisible friend and it started to get not so good. Uh, so the Wiccan priestess thought maybe this was something that was obsessing or trying to possess the child. She wanted to, it, it seemed like it was a human spirit. And I still agree that it was a human spirit, but it was also a human spirit who was so damaged that she saw this little girl who had everything, everything she hadn't had. Mm. And she wanted to be that little girl. And she was really making inroads to become like as, as much as she could, like, like digging into this kid. Uh, mm -hmm. So we get down there and, you know, do the house cleansing and like set up the wards and all this stuff. And this kid, to my perception, has like this, this thing lately. There's, there's just threads attaching it to her. Um, the little girl is asleep the whole time. She never wakes up. Um, she had hit a point where like she was just sleeping all the time. This thing was just feeding oh, off wow. of her, just, just devouring her. Um, so I go to work to like cut all of that stuff. I have a real pissed off spirit just like, you know, wigging out over that. Um, the priestess helps yeet her out of the house. We set up all of the walls and stuff. And sometimes that's not enough because it's not like it's going to go anywhere. So basically we have like this, this, this angry dead lady, like, uh, like a moth, just battering herself against the, the walls and wards. And I'm like, mm, okay, well, she's out of the house. The priestess looks at me and I'm like, yeah, that's, that's her at the window. It's, that's not gonna, that's not gonna hold. And I'm like, okay. I know that you're kind of fluffy and white light, and I, I say that with love. I'm going to go outside, and I'm going to do something. And you just stay in here and keep the little girl safe, okay? <laughs> so I went out into the yard, and I have a, a dagger that I use as a spirit nail to, like... I, I, I've got a rule. I am not an asshole until they're an asshole. But, like, if, if things are being predatory, if things are doing... I, I, will, I will pull the full weight of all the stuff that I can do. Um, and I also work with a lot of disembodied spirits. Uh, and they're, they're a pretty tough crew. Uh, <laughs> I remember Rosemary Ellen Guiley seeing me at Dragon Con and, like, looking over my shoulder going... I'm like, no, they're with me. They're fine. They're, they're fine. It's okay. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, wow. <laughs> Like I'm just rolling several deep. They're yeah, but they're 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 they, fine. They, it's fine. They, they they were that Dragon Con. Usually they don't come with me to events because they're just like, oh, your paranormal stuff. Ugh. Uh, but they they were like, no, we're we're sticking to you like glue. There was one point that that particular one. They were like, you're taking this street home back to your hotel. You're not taking that one. There was a shooting down that one. Um. So, I I don't question it. Okay. Uh, okay. But back to the little girl. Um. I go out. I spirit nail the the lady i'm like look you need to go you need to find you need first of all you need to sort your shit like like what you need is some fucking therapy go sit in a corner and think about what you've done 
Uh, like, get over it. You can't be this little girl. Like, your life, I, I get it. Your life was terrible. Tor terrible things happened to you. You probably didn't hang yourself. Somebody probably killed you. I get it. It sucks. But leave the kid alone. Like, there's no reason if you've been abused to abuse others. Like, there's there's no excuse. And she just won't settle down. She just won't. And I'm like, all right. Meet my family. They're hungry. Ooh. And I was like, all right, boys whatever you want, just, just go after her. So I was like, you want to run? I'll give you a head start. I pull the nail off. I go back in the house. Um, and I just let the disembodied do whatever they're doing. Now this could all be a story I'm telling myself in my head, except my Wiccan priestess friend is in the house and I walk in and she's got like this look on her face and she's like, why do I hear screaming? And I'm like, it's, it's fine. It's fine. She'll be fine. Oh I know my god! To the feeding frenzy. <laughs> she'll, she'll be, she'll be fine. She'll get over it. Oh, wow! So Michelle is the you know whatever. You're like the Don Corleone now of the other side. You're just like I am going to release my crew on you. I gave you shot. I I've got rules <laughs> with it though. Like like, but but you fuck with kids, and I yeah. will fuck you up. <laughs> Sorry. Bravo. And that's that's yeah. true. Yeah. Like. Metaphysical, physical, it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm 6'1", so... Amen. <laughs> you are such a badass. I can't even deal with it. Oh, my <laughs> God. I can't even deal with it. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. Okay. All right. I'm, I, 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 I'm, like, the image of you, like, really, like, Don Corleoning the spirit and then just being like, Minions Go yeah, no, just, is just probably the best thing that's good. I'm going to ride that for the rest of the week. That's amazing. <laughs> That's amazing. Like, I warned you. I gave you a shot. But that's the stuff that never makes it to a paranormal show because, well, first of all, it doesn't look fancy. I'm literally, I'm, I'm, I'm sitting outside of somebody's front lawn in Columbus, Ohio, with a little dagger in the ground, muttering to myself. Like, that doesn't look like much. And only the priestess can hear everything else that's going on. Sure. I mean, if they can make someone walking into a spider web feel like a big deal, they can they can they can lay a sound bed underneath you, <laughs> stabbing the ground and going cl cl cutting back to the Wiccan priestess, being like, "Y'all don't know it, but someone's getting jumped in the front yard right now. A murkin is taking place. Like it is happening. It is going down." But she told her, "Don't start none. Won't be none." Yeah. I mean, I gave... I the scale gave of fuck around and find out, they intersect. Yeah. <laughs> they intersect right there, and Michelle has introduced them to that point. Fuck around, find yeah. out. It's right here. It sounds like Michelle is, is the walking point <laughs> of those two intersections. Right, <laughs> right there. The physical Holy embodiment shit. of fuck around and find out. <laughs> Metaphysical, physical, doesn't matter. <laughs> so, Alex, your, your next question I love, and I'm, I'm yeah. dying to hear Michelle's response to this. Yes. Yeah, this is... Coming back to these notoriously haunted locations, you visited a ton of them, um, I'm sure off camera as well, but certainly on camera, Trans-Allegheny, Penhurst, these places steeped in pain and misery. Um, between the residual energies, the intelligent hauntings, human and other, is it possible for these places to be cleansed? Mm -hmm. And should they be? Uh, you know, is it is it just exploiting this misery further to to allow it to exist, you know, kind of as a haunted attraction? 
Like, what's the one that has the brewery attached to it? Yeah, right? Oh, like, that was a lot uh, of ghost, ghost exploitation with, with paranormal shows. Yeah. Like, there's... I don't know that we always think about what we're doing when we go to an old tuberculosis ward and ask the possibly sentient lingering spirits to rehash their trauma with us. Like I've with the, uh, with the residential schools becoming a thing in the mm. news, my, my big yeah. fear is that some, some enterprising white guy in a tight black t-shirt is going to decide to go investigate a residential school. Um, because that would be spooky uh, and, and just be completely tone deaf to what, what that means. Yeah. Uh, there was somebody who was like, I'm talking to the spirits in, you know, in, in ground zero and nine 11. I'm like, don't, Oh, geez. please don't, don't do no. that. Right. Uh, can they be cleansed? Well, well, first should, should they be like, I've got, I've got a hard yeah. rule against like sending things into the light. First of all, I'm not even sure that I have, that anybody has the the power or the permission to do something like that. Uh, if I remove things from places, it's like the spirit where like that is, that's a nuclear option. Um, more often to, if something's like really problematic, I will lean into my psych background and literally just give the spirit therapy. Like some ghosts just need some fucking therapy. Um, and oh. there's not a whole lot of therapists to talk to the dead. <laughs> Hard to get billable hours. Right. One of the interesting things about some of those locations, it's not only the terrible things that happened there, because I mean, if you look around in the world, terrible things have happened on every square inch of the planet. Mm. Uh, yeah, the whole planet's a graveyard of, of people, of animals, of, of everything. So some of those places, it's not only what happened there. It's definitely, it's definitely a factor, but there's other factors for why it lingers the way that it does and to the extent mm. that it does. Factors that I don't think we always understand. People will talk about stone tape theory or ley lines or like, you know, is there a limestone, you know, is there underground rivers or whatever? Uh, and I think we grasp at straws to explain why certain places are simply soft spaces in the world where they're kind of crossroads where things bleed over and where the paranormal is a little bit more real and has a bigger foot in our world. And I don't think we can do anything about places like that. I mean, first of all, I don't think mm. we understand enough to even address the logistics of it. Uh, if we had a better idea of like why are certain places like that, maybe we could, uh, you know, move the psychic river that like happens to like go through there and create a strange juncture that is this weird vortex. But we we don't. You know, we're at the point where we're just going, wow, something's really weird here. Can you feel that? I can feel that. Wow, right. here tastes this. It tastes funny. <laughs> like. <laughs> Did you just make the equivalence between ghost hunting and tasting funky yes, yogurt? Like, this is weird. Check this yeah. out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. That's amazing. That is and, amazing. And do you think it's those, those same vortices are at work in places like Trans-Allegheny, Penhurst, and places like the 
uh, Uinta Basin mm. in Utah, like Skinwalker Ranch, those kind of areas. It, are those similar or are, are they just different parts of the same family or what I can say unrelated? <clears throat> what I can speak to mainly is just experience. When I go to these places sight unseen in a blindfold, just feeling the energy of the place. There's always an element that ties to the land. There's always something deeper mm. than simply the residual energy and the emotions and the few tattered, like sentient ghosts that might be rattling around. Um, <clears throat> some of which are just like going, oh God, another paranormal team. I don't want to talk. <laughs> like, like some of them are just like, oh, really, please go away. Yes, there is an episode of um, a show we won't mes mention that might have a guy in a tight black t-shirt. And mm. there is a moment where I think it's like their second time there and they pick up an EVP of the ghost going, not this fucking guy. <laughs> and I just was like, yeah, take that. Take that. Take that on the chin, my dude. And, and make of that what you will. That's that's important. I really love that you point that out as well, because of, of all of it for me and the the idea of especially that that energy finding its way into a residential school would be so upsetting to me because that energy to me is colonizer energy. Yeah, no. That's exactly what that mm -hmm. is. Mm -hmm. It's just storming into a place that is not theirs, that has history, and deciding that they are entitled to information, entitled to a performance, entitled to whatever they act. I, I what do I say that they that like I paraphrase them by saying like boogity boogity motherfuckers give us what we want like that's what it feels oh, it's like totally, it's totally like a dance from me monkey moment yes yeah. yes dance ghosties dance and it's just so gross and the thought of that making its way into a space like a residential school would just be so distasteful be grotesque. and grotesque and and painful to watch I, I don't think I could watch that actually no. um Back to this, your ability to just cut to the quick of a, of a spirit, to relate to them and see who they are um, as actors, right? Like what we do when we build characters is essentially <laughs> what you do. Like you read an environment and it is like watching a sommelier. It's like you walk into a space and I see you all but like do this with the cup. And it's just like the nuances, the detail, the specificity, uh, the 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 palpable fascination as you can clue into what has a spirit angry, their trigger point, what that anger is rooted in. And can you describe, first of all, you got any workshops going on that? Because mm. as actors, that would like really take us to the next level. And also like, could you even just describe for us like what that feels like in your body? Mm. What is that sensation to have such a super highway channel into the intricacies of another person's of a spirit soul, their thoughts, all of that's amazing. The trick was realizing that I was getting all of that information in the first place because, you know, it's, it, it's just there. Um, so we live in our bodies, we live in our perceptions and we're fish. We don't know that the water is wet. Uh, so over time working with the shows, especially with the blindfold got me to realize that these these things that seemed obvious to me were not obvious to other people. Uh, to actually start to articulate, I feel this, I feel that, and it starts, it's these layers. Like I go to the location, there, there's just first vague, like free-floating emotional content. 
And then like something will catch my attention. I'll be like, well, well, why this particular feeling of anxiety? What's that coming from? And it starts to enlarge and it's in my head, it spins out like my mind palace is several dimensions. It's, it's a very wide, strangely interconnected thing. And like, like there are tiny, there are rabbit holes that go deep everywhere. Uh, and so like, I start to focus on, okay, why that piece of anxiety, who is, what, what is that? Okay. That's attached to a person. And sometimes the, in rapid fire, like two at, at dream speed, at dream speed, what they experience, like the peak moment that best represents that experience for them unfolds. And I can feel it in my mind and in my body and in my emotions. Like it took a while to be able to recognize this is not me. I am my, my body, my mind, my emotions are, uh, you know, the, the television that this is now playing on. I, I'm a receiver. Uh, so I, I think that's also part of why I don't take it home with me and I'm not traumatized by it. Like mm -hmm. I am aware that I am having an experience. The experience is not me. That's amazing. That's yeah. It's a profound <laughs> distinction. Yeah. So, so that, um, in, in therapy and in psych, it's, you, you have like this, uh, detached observer, uh, and I have a very well-developed detached observer, uh, and have since I was tiny and it's got nothing to do with the psychic stuff. It's got everything to do with just everything that I've lived through. Uh, and so that is something that I lean into. So there's always a part of me that is sort of just over here watching things unfold analyzing, measuring, like getting the, the, the full feel of it while the other, the other part of me is fully immersed. But having the ability to hold those two perspectives at once, I think is the key uh, to, to what, you're, what you're describing. Like the way that I can be like feeling it and also at the same time going through the checklist of is this just because I ate tacos for lunch? Like, is this because I'm in a hospital and something about the smell is hitting my reptilian hindbrain and the little four-year-old who like woke up during heart surgery is just panicking somewhere back there. Like what are these things? Um, and like just going through the checklist. Wow. Yeah. That's the detached observer. That's what it seems like. It's like you are, you are the detached observer in someone else's um, unsettled meditation state. Like someone who's trying to like get into themselves. You're able to get into that and just not, not like you said, not interact with it, absorb it, not, uh, not absorb it, but I, do exactly what you just described. What you just described. I don't need to, I don't need to rephrase it. The, I'm, I'm like, the, the image like, that I use in my head to try to explain to people is um, it's very Buddhist a lot of Western approaches to emotions and thoughts, experiences, we grab it. We like try to seize it and, and crush it in our hand. And if, you know, if you think of it like that's water or a butterfly, you've now either just lost what you're grabbing or you've crushed it. So instead, and it, oh, it takes so much discipline to just cup my hands internally and hold them open to whatever flows in and experience what's in my palms as opposed to, and resist the urge to, to, to grab it, to try to hold on to it, just allow it to be something that flows in 
that I then experience as opposed to try to control. I, I don't know about you, Alex, but does that speak to you like as an actor and like kind of like hit you in a way where you're like, I'm, we're, I'm totally going to try that like mm -hmm. in, no, in the way that it applies to what we do? Yeah, absolutely. That's well, there, amazing. I mean, you know, to acting when done well, there is a certain otherworldly component mm. there's a, a right that's it we're trying know, to we channel we're trying to channel the spirit of a character but that's that's exactly where it can go wrong is that clutching and trying to manage mm -hmm. and control it and and perfect and and all of that where it's that idea of like i know that this experience exists and if i can just hold it and know that i can be a vehicle for it mm -hmm. it can come in and it can go back out in the way that is most honest is so beautiful. I'm so glad I asked. Yeah, that no, you just let yourself get into the flow state and, and resist the urge to try to be in control. So much easier wow. said than done. Oh, wow. it's yes. amazing. Yes. Like, <laughs> I, I am a type A personality. I don't know if you can tell. <laughs> so that was just for, 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 for both Alex and I just resist the urge to yeah, control. There was not a skill that I came out of. Sure. <laughs> on that. We're on that. Okay. Right on. <laughs> Neither of us are control freaks. No. <laughs> oh, man. All right. I think the next one is you. Yes, yes it is, and you, you're really excited about this question. Yes, I am. Okay. I'm really excited about this question. This was the first question I wrote down for you six months okay. ago. Um, because you are an occult expert and expert in terms of the symbology used. One thing that has always pissed me off about a lot of these shows is they see a pentacle <gasps> and they go, Satan, Satan. Um, also, you know, a less perhaps well-known example is an inverted cross. Because that, I mean, I, the church I was dragged to for, you know, Christmas and Easter, behind the altar was a latticework of upright and inverted crosses. So that begged the question for me early, like, how could this be? I thought that's Satan. They said, no, no, this is, uh, it's the cross of St. Yep. Peter, in fact. So my question is, and, and also with the pentacle, you know, Sasha and I came of age in the 90s in Los Angeles. We know about a million Wiccans. We, <laughs> we, uh, we know a million people who own pentacles, wear pentacles, have pentacle tattoos, none of whom are satanic. So these two symbols, which in popular culture are unilaterally associated with Satanism. In these examples that we see them in the investigations, uh, first they jump to the conclusion of satanic, but... It begs the question to me, is the symbol only intent then? Because if, if, if two completely disparate groups can have a different view of this symbol and use them in different ways, is it, is it the intent, that, purely the intent, that gives the symbol the power? Or is it a combination? And if it is purely the intent, do the symbols have inherent meaning without any intent? My first go-to with it is the meaning of the symbol is in the person who is using it. So like, if you want to know like, what's the pentacle doing here, the only person who can tell you that really is the person who put it there. So uh, like, like a pentacle particularly, right. five-pointed star could be the, uh, oh, let's see, it, it could be a Wiccan star. It could be somebody right. who is just super into death metal and literally was just tagging some graffiti because they like Metallica. Uh, right. It could be someone who honestly is just trying to be spooky. Like there are plenty of kids who are just like, ah, let me make it look like it's, you know, just Satan was here. 
Uh, it could be somebody who's super into Stranger Things these days. Uh, Order of the Eastern Star, which is the women's branch of the uh, the Freemasons. Oh, there's there's, there's so many. There, there's too many, and you'll you'll see stars, five pointed stars on houses all over in um, Pennsylvania Dutch country as well, because there's um, hexes, which are not the same uh, as witchcraft hexes, but like right. they're little like symbols oh. of protection. Sometimes they're baked into like little flowers and birds and things. So first, who put it there? Because what did it mean to them? There's the other layer, though. Uh, pop culture has a huge impact on how we react to our environment. And how a person feels about their experience can start to influence the energy of the place and influence the experience. So if someone is sure that because they're using a Ouija board that they're going to be possessed by Satan, Satan's probably not going to show up, but they may work themselves up to a point where it certainly seems that way. Or every little like mischievous spirit for like miles is just like, oh, come on boys, it's time to go have fun. <laughs> they think they're summoning <laughs> Satan again. Let's put on the masks. <laughs> <laughs> it's a Satan cosplay party. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's an element to paranormal experience uh, and the things that play out at some of these locations that, that a few people are starting to like really dig into. Um, the Newkirks, Greg and Dana Newkirk in particular, are like really digging into this, where there is an observer effect. And that's not to say it's not real, that there is not real paranormal phenomena occurring because of the observer effect. That people go right. into a location with expectations that certain things will happen. And those certain things start to happen because the people are fueling them, are helping to shape them, mm. are helping to give them a vessel convenient to appearance and interaction. Um, it's why Slenderman was never really a real thing until recently. And now there are people who absolutely experience that. Black-eyed children, which didn't really exist until somebody thought they'd be, you know, clever and write about them and, like, you know, make them their, their expertise and just sort of invent them whole cloth. But once it's out there and people start to expect to see them, that's the lens through which we will experience some of our things. Like, like whatever's on the other side of that lens might not have a solid shape. Uh, and actually, I, I would argue a lot of the things that are that are spirits and intelligent spirits that weren't human, uh, they're amorphous. They're, you know, classic Irish ideas of the Fae, mutable, changeable mm. things that are made of like light and mist and air and can shape shift at will or in order to appear either pleasing or terrifying, depending on how they feel about you. And when we go to places with symbols uh, that we might perceive as satanic, that has now front-loaded people to interpret and even project upon, even help to shape the experience consciously to be darker, mm -hmm. to be more frightening, to, to fill those expectations. I see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
That makes that makes a lot of sense. I love that you um, actually just used the word lens because that leads to my next question, which is, um, I've heard you say that you believe that anyone is, unca- is is capable of kind of unlocking talents within them, and that if, if only we made corrective lenses for the third yeah. eye, right? Um, I have had a lot of experiences in my life. And um, I, I'm wondering, is it okay? May I selfishly ask you a couple oh, yeah. questions about things that I've never been able to find answers to? Because I know I have a lens and I think sometimes it just gets really dusty. <laughs> and then sometimes it seems to just like clear itself off for me and like shit will just happen where I'm like, okay, I'm not sure why um, that is coming in so clearly out of nowhere. Um, and and one of the things I'd like to ask will actually probably feed into a future episode that I'm not quite sure how to articulate quite yet, okay. um, we chose to kind of invest, not investigate, but uh, take a, a bit of a virtual tour to a place called the, it's called the Albert Finley College. Arthur Finley. Is? Arthur Finley College. And Maybe I don't know if you've heard of it I, in, in London. I have heard it's, of it. I think I have, I think I have a, it's, it's a spiritualist, like, like they train psychics and mediums. Yes. Yes, 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 it so feels I, like I, it's like, like Hogwarts for grownups. Who, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, I, I have, I have heard of it. She yeah. spoke. It said very so we, about it. Yeah, oh. we both chose to do a what was this? What was the kind of call that we had? It was a um, there were two different kinds. There was one where they could they could ass- assess your there was skills, an assessment, and then this was the the connecting with with connecting with the with other friends. side. Yeah. So we both did one of these, and I several days prior to this, I had I had very much ideas of who it was that I wanted to speak to. And several days before I had this call, and I was really going into it with the like, this is going to make great content. And I'm in the backyard with my dog and all of a sudden have what I'll refer to as a daydream, but after the fact can only think of some kind of precognitive experience where I knew exactly how this call was going to go. Um, And at the end of this daydream, I was like, wow, that would be really fucked up for me. And for that psychic, if that happened, because in this daydream, it was basically that I would find out at that point. I'm just going to go ahead and and spoiler alert for that episode. I am um, disconnected, disenfranchised from my father some 30 some odd years. And it would be really fucked up if that was how I found out that my dad died. And that's actually what happened in the Mm -hmm. call. And what's weirder than that, though, is that after the call, of course, came the like, let me call any member of a family I actually know to confirm this. At the exact moment that that call was taking place, <laughs> said Papa was in the hospital having some acute attack of dementia. He had not gone to the other side. And, and as I was in the call with the psychic, I kept asking, I was like, I don't feel him gone, mm-hmm. which is weird for me to say because I have no association with him for so many years, but I do not feel him gone. Is there some possibility that he could be between places? And she is saying, absolutely not. <clears throat> When I'm talking to someone on the other side, they are on the other side, lady. Like, I, I do this. I'm good at what I do, and I'm telling you, this person's on the other side. And then I find out, no, in fact, he was in a state of dementia and was not conscious or with it for, for many, many days. He now appears to be okay, um, as much as someone can be who is suffering with dementia. So is that a thing? Is that a thing? Can someone with dementia be read as being on the other side? Because that messed me up, Michelle. I... <laughs> so I... My old bandmate um, from Urn, uh, Dominic St. Charles, died from COVID in 2021. And oh, I'm sorry. Uh, 
Yeah. Um, one of my oldest friends. He, he was my lab partner in psych. Like, he knew all my weird secrets. Uh, that sort of daydream where, like, I should I should reach out and talk, talk to Charlie. Like, I, I texted him and texted him, finished talking to him right before he, like, hit the floor and was intubated, lost consciousness, the whole thing. Um, so... Long story short is he was uh, in a coma for a while and his mom and his wife were really hopeful that he'd, he'd get better. He was hanging out in my space. Like he was up there right. and I'm just like, oh, I don't, I know that you could come back from this, but I kind of don't think that you're gonna. Um, and so what I can say is I've had a couple of experiences where people were in in-between spaces uh, through medical crisis, through mental crisis, and they are effectively in the same place that ghosts are at. Like, they're just kind of kicking around, okay. not really in their body, not connected to their body. Um, I, If I didn't know, like, at the time where Charlie was... Uh, I would have just assumed he was dead and showed up to say hi. Uh, so from personal experience, I will say, yeah, it, I believe that it can happen. I also believe, well, so, um, I mean, people can astral project, uh, dream walk, do out-of-body stuff. One of the most commonly recorded uh, paranormal experience from the time that we've been recording them is a deathbed visitation. Uh, someone is in crisis and miles away, uh, and especially like these really hit home when, you know, the age before the internet and cell phones of, of instant communication, you know, miles away, like a friend or a loved one sees them like walk down the hallway. And actually I was just, John Donne, the poet, saw his wife walk in with a dead baby. Um, and like he saw her twice in the space and he was like, I am convinced that our child died and my wife is in distress. And of course, you know, this was like the 1600s. So it's not like he got to find out right away, but the child did indeed die. And the wife was uh, in, in an extreme position because of, of that was sick herself. Uh, people seem to have an innate ability. Uh, I would almost say like a, an instinct when we are in most extreme moments, we crave connection. We want to be able to comfort or say goodbye. And we might not ever be able to tap consciously into this ability, but I think it's an in intensely human ability to cross distance, to connect, to be present, whether or not we're physically there. And for most people, you're not going to be able to tell the difference between that and a ghost. It's effectively the same okay. thing. I mean, we're all ghosts. We're just happen to be walking around with our suit of clothes still. Right. Right. Okay. Thank you. Thank yeah. you. Because I was doing mental gymnastics. Alex is the first person that I spoke to after I had that call, and she saw I was... Woo! I was on one. I was doing mental gymnastics mm -hmm. trying to figure out any possible... Re but the, the conversation that I had with him was so 
It's true. Mm. It, I, I knew that this was him. I knew that he was speaking to me. I knew everything that was happening. But I was like, this, how can that be and that be at the same time? And in no way did I want to debunk it. But I just wanted to be like, how tell someone tell me that that's no, right? It, it, because it the psychic was so she the medium was so certain that he was yeah. he was gone. I mean, I've also done some fun experiments where uh, I didn't. A friend wanted to do a Ouija board session for their birthday, also in Columbus, Ohio. Like, anyway, I don't know what it, what it is about Columbus, but um, they weren't getting anything. Uh, so their friend, who was their roommate, like called me. I was like, "Hey, hey, do you think like from up where you're at, like you could like make things work down here?" And I was like, "I could try." Uh, I was like, "Just okay, okay." So I'm gonna give you some words, and I'm gonna try to like have come out on the Ouija board. Don't tell anyone, like, like, don't sit on the Ouija board. Like you just be over here, let them do their thing. And let me see if I can actually like project down there and like basically be a ghost. Let, let's see if that works. It did. It, it fucking did. It was really cool. Um, <laughs> oh my God. Uh, and, and I picked some things that like the, the, the people sitting on the board, like there's, there's no way. Um, they, they were. Shit, Michelle, I feel like you could make a lot of money on Cameo doing that. <laughs> it was it was definitely not okay. easy it was it was I, I it was it was a lot of like psychic work like like there's there's an effort involved in that sort of stuff but it also raises the question like how much of it is it is it ghosts are we ghosts how much of it are we doing uh you know there's the okay yes people are pushing the ouija board there's idiomotor stuff but how much is there a psychokinetic element how much is people also influencing there, there's so many layers to it so i i think it's not as simple as are you alive are you dead and there's no in between i think it's all in between okay i yeah. like that yeah i like that answer very 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 much thank you um, I don't know if you have a question, Alex, but I, I do. I, I selfishly have another one about um, about dreamwalking. Mm. Go for it. Um, which is, so as a kid, I was very much a, a very powerful lucid dreamer. And then that skill, I think, went away when I started to smoke immense amounts of weed when I was in high school. That kind of like checked out. Like, I think, yeah, you know, I think that that I was there kind of like, yeah, mucked up, mucked up the lens a little bit. But there is a dream. And this is this is so awesome. I feel like you're probably the one of the few people on Earth. You'd be like, can I tell you about my dream? And you're like, please do. So I had this dream when I was younger. That has stuck with me and freaked me out because it didn't feel like a dream. It felt like memory. And at some point in the dream, I looked in a mirror and while I knew I was myself, what I saw in the mirror was someone else's face. And I looked down at my hands and they were someone else's hands. And I was very much aware that I was having an experience, like perhaps a different lifetime. I was myself as someone else. And... I could tell you that I was the toe-headed child of missionary workers in a South American country and that I was mourning the death of my indigenous friend who had died of malaria. And I could I could describe for you in detail the inside of like her tent that she and her family lived in. And I also have a thing where I can read mm. in dreams and speak different languages. Not none that I don't already speak, but I can read in those languages as well. Are those things... Are those things? Michelle? Those are things that happen. Like, those are okay. absolutely, absolutely <laughs> things that happen. I with, with the past life stuff. I work with a lot of people with past lives. Dreams are, are a fairly common vehicle for uh, both psychic experiences and past life stuff to come through because 
our normal waking inhibitions relax. Like we occupy a different part of our mind that is a little bit less inclined to be like, no, that can't be real. Cause we're just, we're just sort of there for it. Uh, and yeah, that, that detail, that, that sounds exactly like the, I, I've, I've basically played spotter to so many people doing past life stuff. So, so past life work, um, when I guide people on it, we try to give somebody a spotter so that they're not the ones trying to research to see if any of this is real. So you have somebody who's not you doing any of the background checking. So you can just be immersed in the experience, try not to get front loaded, like actually actively avoid. If you think it's like, you know, feudal Japan, don't go watching anything because you want to be uh-huh. in what you're experiencing without, uh, you know, watching the last samurai and suddenly thinking you're Tom Cruise. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. But it was like the, 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 the deep, the profound sense of mourning, the smells, yeah. like I could taste what I like last ate. It was really the face in the, in the mirror and the hands thing for me where I was like, I'm not going to forget this dream. This is, this is for life. <laughs> that's a, that's a, yeah. yeah when, when I walk. All right. So yeah, that, no, that hundred percent that I, so you feel like that was like a past life experience that I was having. in I, dream. I, yeah. Okay. Like I said, there's very few things that I believe a hundred percent in, but past life stuff is one of them. And that tracks exactly like things that I've experienced, okay. things that I've had multiple people report to me, that level of detail. And one of the other, it's the immediacy of the emotion. Like you are right back in it. Like it, those memories get anchored in a way and in a place that like lives in a different part of us. Like I've heard somebody like try to rattle off like, oh, it's limbic system memory or or this, that, or that. It doesn't quite track, but it's almost like you can time travel. And I'm not saying that you're literally time traveling back to it, but it feels like you are right there. That, yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing where I was like, was I there or was I there now? Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Like, when was the, when did this happen? Because I know it happened to me as this child. But was was I was I just did that just happen in my sleep? Was mm-hmm. I was I present? Was I experiencing this live time mm-hmm. or was this before time? The only way to know that, right. honestly, is to then do some checking, because I've, I've definitely right. had some dreams where I, I will bop around through like other people's perspectives uh, so I, I dream walk and check in on friends, uh, actually have to have a pretty like wide network of like, this might happen, especially if something bad's happening to you. I might just be, if I'm asleep, I'm just going to be like, Hey, are you okay? Um, That's awesome. so you know, let me, let me get permission ahead of time just so it's not terribly weird that like, there's some weird sort of shadowy sense of me just hovering over your shoulder. Um, and sometimes that will happen spontaneously with people I've not met before. Uh, and so I'm okay. stuck with the like, was, okay, I know that wasn't a dream. At this point, I know what f- does not feel like a dream. Uh, those, that, that's a real place. Let me figure it. The most recent one was, of all damn places, I ended up in like uh, New Zealand, like Parnell, I think, uh, Tasmania. Like, like, like it was the, the, ti- the timing. That was the weirdest thing is I, I, I'm talking to this person who was Aborigine, uh, and I wake up and like the timing was like, it was just starting. Like it was about an hour from dawn where I was at with him. And I woke up and I was like, okay, I need to check. Like what's, what's the time there right the fuck now. Uh, and it's just, our minds are extraordinary. 
and we are way more interconnected than I think any of us are comfortable admitting. Because to really, really grok the depth of interconnectivity among all of us is to recognize that when we cause pain to one, we're causing pain to ourselves. Well, golly, oh. that's oh God, what a day. What a day. I, I mean, wow. No, I, sorry, I'm having a profound moment here. Um, and and then I am going to ask you an extremely silly question. Oh, silly from profound to silly is totally my brand. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed. Um, I, I. Well, you are a self-professed energy vampire. Yep. I was wondering if you had watched the TV show, What We Do in the Shadows, and if so, I'm guessing you do, what do you think of Colin Robertson? <laughs> okay. So the my very first introduction to What We Do in the Shadows was before the TV show, the, the movie. The film. Um, I, I had mm-hmm. friends who were like, have you heard of this? And I was like, no. So they... They, they were my gaming buddies and, and they were up for, for a thing and we were up to shenanigans anyway and they made me sit through this thing and it was the most squirmingly perfect intersection of all the vampire stuff and all the reality TV stuff and I I couldn't breathe. I was just like, I don't even know what's going on here. I'm, I'm, I'm overwhelmed with, oh God, oh God, no, that. I've done, oh God, that's, that happens all the time. I hate it. Um, so my first thing is, is very clearly... Um, somebody behind that show knows the community. Um, at the very least, the community in New York City. Because okay. there are a couple of call-outs that unless you've been to some specific clubs, you will not know why certain people are wearing choice bits of clothing. Like, like the... Oh, wow. Uh, when she starts her club and she's got this this coat that looks like she's skinned a fucking Muppet. Yeah. I know the person who started wearing that stupid coat at all of their events and was just like, I, it, it's, it's ridiculous. Um, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, and yeah, I, I've been like, so, I mean, I know my, my books are some of the only books out there on this topic. So I know that you probably read them, but. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's it's oh, delightful. Yeah. I, I love things that cleverly uh, poke fun at real stuff, like really do their mm-hmm. research and then have fun with it. And it's mm-hmm. also so obvious that that they're super into everything, everything vampires, like every possible trope, every possible cliche, like like and it's encyclopedic. Uh, all the different characters are in there. You've got like, just oh yeah, it's it's it, it's delightful. I love smart comedy. Yay! And so the Yay. notion of a, 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 a psychic vampire in that sense is, you can embrace it, you can laugh at it. It's oh absolutely. I know that, at least five guys excellent. exactly like him. Oh yeah. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. Awesome. Well, I. I know we're getting towards the end of our time with you. Um, I would love for you to tell our audience about, um, let me make sure I have it right. Where did, I wrote it down. I wrote it down, wrote it down. It's called Lone, Lonely oh, House, Lonely right? Lonely House, yeah. I... Yes, yes. Tell our listeners about Lonely House, please. So 
after the pandemic, I went back to like writing games just for fun as a way to amuse myself uh, and some really cool stuff. I, I'm, I'm really good at like, I, I love blending styles and genres and things. Like it means that stuff doesn't have anywhere comfortable to live. So Lonely House is a haunted house story in the style of Shirley Jackson and um, House of Leaves. And it's also a game. And it's also a journaling experience. Uh, so it is a full-length novella that pauses at key points in the narrative and asks you to tell that part of the story. So you are immersed in the story. You decide how you respond and how you react and like, what does this event in this house do to you? It's about unearthing um, past trauma. Um, it's a house as a memory. Uh, it is self as an ever unfolding labyrinth of rooms and is just this exploration of how can I have a dialogue as the writer with the reader. So by the end of it, you have your half or fully three-fourths, like, like you have your book also your journal of this experience. Wow. That is so cool. And, and so can people find that on your website? Um, it is currently only digital, uh, there, it will be expanded into, um, I, I, I've been, I I wanted to see if people would be interested in it first. So there's this great little like indie gaming site called itch.io, uh, itch.io, uh, where it's basically like, put it up, let it sell. Like they do lots of stuff in digital and PDF format. Uh, and I've been playing around there with a whole bunch of tiny little games, uh, rainbow bridge, which is just this little two page, your pets that have crossed the rainbow bridge. And now you're on a little adventure with one another, finding friendship and moving on. (laughs) It's yeah, it's, it is, it's like heart wrenching, heartwarming. Like it's, it's that sort of thing that you need to do when you're just like, I just, I just need to say goodbye. Um, and also process grief and it's brightly colored and they're cute. Uh, and Serena Marie, who's uh, a pretty heavy hitter these days in, uh, the, the RPG circles, uh, did the art for it. Uh, the other one that's coming out, uh, actually we are waiting for the galley copy right now, um, is my own personal, uh, just complete fan service to the vampire romance story, Midnight's Kiss. Uh, where you get to have your own vampire lover, however you want that to play out. Uh, and you've got yes. 13 journal entries of this this romance with your particular vampire. Uh, and we will have it out in time for Valentine's Day. Oh, cool. Ooh. Very cool. Um, awesome. Do you have any shows coming up or any other products or projects mm. that you'd like for the listeners Shamelessly to know and where can they find them? Yes, please. Well, I filmed two episodes of something else with Jack. I don't know when they're coming out. Uh, they were with special guest stars. Uh, so I got to... Oh. The Jamie Kennedy. Yeah, Jamie Kennedy. Uh, okay. Jason Mewes. A uh, couple... Yeah, oh. got... I never know who I'm going to be with. I'm there with a blindfold on. I take my blindfold off. I'm like, right. hey, wait. <laughs> like, are you Jamie Kennedy or am I peeing with a yeah, llama like, right like, now? Like, who knows? <laughs> <What's in> there? <laughs> like... So I know that there's, yeah, I'm, I'm still going to be on stuff. There is a side project. I don't know when it will come together, but we, um, an independent crew reached out 
had the idea and the limits and the, the, the right approach to get me to do a project with them uh, that is a very personal, very revelatory documentary. Um, like I do a past life regression hypnotherapy session on camera to some very, very deep old stuff that I'd never fucking talk about. Uh, and it's oh, wow. raw and real and just delves into shit that I don't normally answer or talk about again because it's like on the far side of weird and also very personal to my own practice right. and beliefs uh and that's been filmed and is just in that slow process of being put together and then what do we do with it like how do we get it out like what's going on that might be a kickstarter it might be crowdfunded it might be i don't know but like that's a thing that exists and is coming out into the world at some point in some format and the best way to keep ourselves abreast of that kind of thing is to subscribe to your newsletter. Yeah, or... these days my newsletter because Twitter is sort of a hellscape. Uh, social media. I was very sad when you did your swan song posts yeah, on Twitter, yeah, I, but yeah. It's so hard to not go back because like Twitter is where I would mm -hmm. get all of my news, but it's just, I just, I, I can't with, I guess mm -hmm. I just can't with what's going on in the world. But all of the social media is sort of, on fire right now and difficult to be in the middle of. Uh, but that makes it really hard to figure out, like, how do you shout to the world? I mean, I subscribe to like 15 newsletters I never fucking read. I know, I know what a newsletter right. does. It goes to your inbox to die. It's, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but the the newsletter and the website are are the best places to to get stuff. I mean, I have a I have a Patreon as well, patreon.com slash haunted, uh, which you know I chat with people, I do classes, uh, various things. Um, like if you like want to have your finger on the pulse, the just the lower, lowest tier is the easiest way to keep up on stuff. But you don't have to pay. There's plenty of stuff that's just you know up on my website that you can keep track of. And I, I think I heard you say once if, that if you just Google Michelle and vampire, you are like the first 15 pages of information that will come up on the internet. I, I haven't checked in a while, but I suspect that it is still true. That's amazing. That is amazing. Well, Michelle, I, I cannot tell you how this has been just so amazing. The absolute highlight of my week. You are so fucking cool. I can't even deal with it. I, I hope that you will come back one day to our to our to our humble little show here. And I just I can't thank you enough for having been here today. This has just been amazing. Thank Truly. you so thank much. Thank you so much. Thank you, Illyria, who I know is just off camera somewhere. Thank you so much for all the communication. This this has been an extraordinary honor. Thank you so, so much for taking the time. Truly, this I, we could keep talking to you forever, I, but I, we will let I you I look yeah. forward to the next set of questions um, and absolutely run that through Lyria because I am not, I tend to just sort of like lose track of weeks when I'm working on things and I just like I'm off my little mm. corner with my cat on my lap and my laptop on my lap and then I like come up for like food and I'm like, is it Saturday? <laughs> no, it's Tuesday, dear. Oh, okay. Back to yeah, my corner. Back, back to my thing. Awesome. <laughs> so, Illyria is is why I actually make it to appointments. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Illyria. Thank, Thank you, you so much. <laughs> All righty. Well, I guess we will will let you go. As 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 sad as that is, was as exciting as it's been. Is oh, seriously like I feel like I just yeah, no, this has been this. fun. And the, yeah. the other thing I want to say is like 
theater people know psychic stuff and know energy. You live it, you experience it, especially if you're like on stage with a physical audience, you can feel. Oh, yeah. and, and one of the places where I would encounter people talking about energy without thinking of it as woo is anytime I performed on stage with like, mm. like a theater production. The last one was Salome, where I was the executioner of John the Baptist. Uh, <laughs> they wanted someone who had like a big sort of like scary dominatrix look and some I hadn't I hadn't even been cast like some friends were like we know someone <laughs> so exactly right I know I know just yeah. the badass here she comes <laughs> but you talk about it like performers talk about energy all the time mm-hmm. my other favorite thing Dolly Parton in an interview I don't know I, I, I'm pretty sure you can still google it calls herself a psychic vampire talks about the exchange of energy as a performer. She's really into vampires, guys. Like, there's a reason why it's the yin yang of Elvira and Dolly. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I never thought of it that way, but that's so true. Right. Tori in a 90s interview talks about, like, just the, the cycling of energy with the crowd. But, like, you don't think of it as psychic. But that's absolutely the realm in which... You know, I'm 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 moving like that's the same thing. Like just yeah. that flux and flow, the way that emotion and heightened emotion, like you can feel the currents and the tides. Uh, and oh yeah. God, read yeah, the room. You read the room. Well, those moments where when you're on stage <laughs> and you you lose what you're doing, you lose the lines, and you're in it, and you feel that exchange with the audience. You feel their every breath. And you know they're with you when you walk off stage and you don't know what well, happened. And, and that moment where yeah. you forget what you're doing, but everybody else knows what's happening. And like some part of you can like tap into the person you're acting with who knows what you're supposed to say next. And it's in yeah. like you can hear it. And so like you just play off of it. Mm-hmm. Like we. It's, it's the closest thing I've ever experienced to magic. Yeah, it, it is magic. Like we don't think of like, but it, it fucking is. We are in it. We are it. It's this fantastic tapestry of creativity and psychic ability and energy and, and mysticism. And we can't not be part of it. And I think it's glorious. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Wow. <laughs> I'm just going to melt into a fangirl puddle for the rest of the day. That's what's going to happen. And on that note. On that note. On that glorious note. Again, Michelle, thank you so, so much. I hope you have a gloriously wonderful rest of your day. And I I can't wait to see all of your upcoming projects and everything. Everything you do. Yes. This has been a delight. Thank you so much. And that was our interview with Michelle Belanger. It actually went on for a little while longer, but we're going to keep that for ourselves and maybe release it as a bonus someday or maybe just be selfish with it. So until next time, when we will be examining the case of a woman who was not only abducted by aliens, but taken to Venus, the catch is she's the wife of an important world leader. Until next time. 